Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Glowing Weak Point. I, as always, am your host, John, and with me, as also always, is my co-host, Wombat. That's me! You might That's my notice, name. You might have noticed that the audio quality might be a little bit lesser in this one, at least from my side. Um, I'm noticing that right we, now. We'll, we'll get into that. There are reasons... Hey, Wombat, what's your glowing weak point? Uh, I don't have one. This has been a bad week. Um, I had to I had to leave Come work early one. yesterday. Uh, but by had to, I mean that like I was physically unwell, and then I got into a fight with somebody out on the floor. So I got I started to feel even worse. So I just was in a oh. horrible fucking headspace, and my stomach was murdering me. You want robotty on my side? Oh, you've been robotty on me the whole time. Well, it's okay because, like, <laughs> well, it's not my fault <laughs> or something. But yeah, I just had a bad week at work. Ah, huh. that sucks. Yeah, uh, I was gonna look and see what you had told me you were looking forward to next week, and I think it was just more of. Pillars of Eternity, um, which I, I did not play. Pillars of much Eternity, of. yeah. Oh. Oh. I didn't Oops. play much of anything because I was very well, depressed and and sad. Well, I had a, a little bout with sickness as well. Um, oh. But yeah. I had a a fever that was pretty bad. Couldn't go into work. Shit. Um Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I also, uh, got this. Oh, I just got sent something. Oh, I got to send a lot of... Th oh! It's another dog! <laughs> and what you're hearing... Yeah, what you're, what you're hearing is puppy. the noises people make when they see an eight-week-old puppy. Oh, it reminds me so, of when uh, my we'll, dog we'll was an eight-week-old puppy. We'll have pictures out on the Instagram, but uh, I'd like everyone to meet Hector, the newest addition to my family. Jesus, he's big at eight weeks. He's gonna be a big dog. Nah, he's just he's a he's a Spiegel mixed with oh, okay. uh, either a Dachshund or I not see the sure Dachshund the in the ears. Of the other potential dad. Nah, well, I see the Dachshund I mean, that's... in the ears. No, those, uh, that's a common ear type. Like, Loot has that ear type, and, and mm. she has no dachshund in her. I'm pretty sure that's the spaniel in her, in him. Maybe. Because they've, they've a... got very, very similar ears to when they were each other's age, so. And that's people said that point, she though. looked like dachshund. Yeah. But that's why uh, things are a little different on my end, because uh, we're, we're recording this at an odd hour because I finally managed to get Hector down to a nap. And so at, at a certain point, I might have to get up and run and grab him and take him out and maybe hold him so that he doesn't get into uh, anything around the house. Yeah, that's understandable. He is not he is not loneliness trained or anything like that, so... Yeah. <laughs> Barely begun house training. He's cute, though. So, yeah. 
<laughs> I, I We're like happy the, with him. If you put any of these pictures up, you, you have to do the one where he's like snuggling with the stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. That, that's a uh, stuffed animal we got and um, rubbed on his litter mates so that he can still smell them later and has their scent. Aww. Mm-hmm. That's nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, Moving on. <laughs> John, what did you play this week? Well, I technically played Destiny, which is to say I have booted Destiny once this week, and we were going to do a Grandmaster, and instead we raided. And it was okay. Okay. Um... So that's that's my my destiny talk. That's the destiny check in uh, this week. That's yeah, that's the destiny check in this week. Uh Minecraft check in. Um I'm leagues further ahead. Uh I'm wearing almost full netherite armor uh with like perfect enchantments. I've got a netherite sword, two netherite picks, one with fortune 3, one with um uh silk touch. And like instant mining things with a a haste two beacon and uh, set up a skelly spawner so I can like grind for XP and stuff. Yeah, um, I found the the end portal and actually later today, if I can pull myself away from things long enough, uh, we're gonna have a group go into the end and kill the Ender Dragon together. So. I have a question about that. Does the do you only get to kill the Ender Dragon once, or does it like respawn? I think there's technically a way that you can respawn the Ender Dragon. Okay. Because um, I was like, doesn't it drop like unique yeah. materials and shit? So like, if somebody killed the Ender Dragon, like, would you just not be able to get Ender Dragon stuff? <laughs> yeah. Um. See, you can resummon by placing four end crystals on the edges of the exit portal. Okay. Um, and end crystals are pretty expensive. Well, I guess they just take a gas tier and a eye of ender, so that's not too bad. Yeah. But. Okay. So yeah, we're we're gonna go hunt him down. Um, or her actually. I think technically the ender dragon is a she. Tell me about what you played this week. Uh, I did a little uh, Minecraft also. Um, mm. I, I finished my rails. I, I went mining for gold and got enough gold and redstone dust to make the the real rails that I needed, the powered rails. The not activator rails. Not activator rails. <laughs> um, so now we have a functional rail going from the southern village to the northern village. Um, so that's nice. Okay. Uh, while, while I was digging for gold and redstone dust, I found an actual mine shaft, like a, an old mine shaft with rails and stuff inside yeah. of it. So I've been exploring that out a little bit. Um, I, I probably have not even barely touched it, but I found a, I found some good stuff down there. What I'm really looking for is like a dungeon dungeon that'll have like a chest with a horse saddle because I want a horse. Ah, yeah. Um, if you can look for a desert temple, they're easier to find, and they often have one in them. Okay. A desert temple. 
I'm not mm-hmm. even sure if we've if I've seen a desert biome on our continent yet. <laughs> like it's been mostly forest and mountains. A couple of swamps here yeah. and there. Um, Deserts are important so that you can have glass. <laughs> yeah, and and really that's it. The sand be nice. Uh huh. Um, Super Mario Odyssey. I did one world. Like the last time I'd played it, I I stopped as soon as I entered Lost Kingdom. Um, so I hopped in mm-hmm. and I did Lost Kingdom. And, and like got okay. to the beginning of Metro Kingdom and then just stopped because I'm bad at the game. Like uh, okay, I don't I don't understand a lot of the different movements in the game. Like I look at the the actions the actions list and I'm able to remember them for like three minutes and then I forget how to do even like a ground pound. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to to practice them and and get good at them. Yeah, I'm not I'm not great at all of the different abilities. Like I never roll anywhere and I feel like that's the main way you're supposed to be like moving around like speedily. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty sure I've seen lots of rolling in the speedruns I watched. Yeah, so uh, like I I can never remember how to roll. Okay. Uh, and then uh this one might as well have been under barely played, but I didn't put it there. Um, Smugglecraft is, like, a roguelite, maybe, like, <laughs> racing maybe? game? It's a, it's a space racer game with, a like, a single-player element to it. Like, you can race, like, four people, couch co-op kind of thing. Um, but there's also, like, a one-player, one like, roguelite campaign kind of thing. Um, okay. All of the maps are procedurally generated, so the idea is supposed to be like, like each race is different. So it's not about memorization; it's about reflex and reaction time and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's okay. It says it's procedurally generated, but I've seen the same section of map where there's a giant rock in the middle that has a path on either side of it multiple times. So, yeah. They're not working that with a happens. whole bunch of tiles. Yeah. 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 That happens. Yeah. All right, so I also played Calvin Tucker's Farm Animal Racing. Um, You played a racing game, too. What's that one like? Uh, shit. It's like shit. It's like shit? Uh... It's like shit, and somehow it also came out on the Wii. I don't know how it also came out on the Wii. It's such a small game. Um, it's it's built to look like and act like um, Mario Kart. Like okay. it's, it's very very similar aesthetics. Like it's three D and stuff. Uh, but it's it's. <laughs> You play as farm animals riding on, like, tractors and and other farm-looking equipment. And you get to the end, and you you pick up horseshoes, which, once you get eight, that charges your special ability as a character. I played as the pig, whose special ability was to fart, which I could not tell if it made me go faster or if it hurt the enemies or the the other racers behind me 
don't know. Uh, additionally, there were pickup boxes so that you could um, shoot a shotgun, um, throw a bunch of fruits and veg forward, which like I guess slowed people down. I don't know. There was an oil slick sort of one. I don't remember what it was called, but yeah, that it's it was a racing game. It was trash, and I'm never gonna play it again. Um, can you tell me who Calvin Tucker is? Uh, no, I could not. Okay. Uh, but it's a series of games, um, because there's also Calvin Tucker's Redneck Jamboree and Calvin Tucker's Redneck Farm Animals Racing Tournament. Okay. And can you yeah. said this was released on the Wii. Can you tell me if this was a physical release, or was it just on the eShop? The, the Wii I shop. I think it was a physical release. Oh, Jesus. I think yeah how did that happen and looking at calvin tucker's redneck jamboree it appears to be that calvin tucker is a character in the game okay but it's also possible that calvin tucker is just making games about himself and has inserted himself into the game as (laughs) calvin tucker uh maybe okay uh i i can't confirm or deny the existence of a live Calvin Tucker who's designed this. I I do know that the the developer was Humagade, which is a Canadian dev studio, and neither of the um people involved the 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 devs involved were named Calvin Tucker. All right. So probably not. Probably not. But I can't confirm or deny. You said a Fumagade? Humagade. Is that with an S at the start or Humagade? Humagade with an H. Okay. Huma, like human, except with gade. Like human arcade, except with a G. I don't know. Oh. I don't know how they did this. That's weird. Have they made anything else of note? No. Of note? No. (laughs) Why would you? I guess maybe desktop tower, tower defense? Never heard of it. Maybe, but mm-hmm. yeah, no. I mean, they've they've released seven games, maybe. maybe. No, they don't exist anymore. In two thousand eight, um, Freema Studio acquired them. Have they made anything of note? Maybe they got. Maybe I'm... their studio got set on something interesting. Hmm. Hmm. They made one of the Jeopardy games. Alright, I see what we're working uh, with. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Zombie Tycoon. Zombie Tycoon. They'll just make a tycoon game out of anything. Uh-huh. Oh, no, this was the Jeopardy that was published by Ubisoft. Everyone loves Ubisoft. No! <laughs> Don't buy that Jeopardy game. Anyways, uh, I also played Getting Over with over it with Bennett Foddy. That's one of those games that I know about and will never, ever, ever, ever even consider playing. Well, I was given it because it was intended to frustrate me, but it did not succeed. Uh, one, because uh, I was actually mildly good at it. Oh. Um, yeah, I got 
relatively high up on the mountain. Oh, you I mean, didn't, I didn't beat even it? get to, like, the, uh, no. Well, I mean, of course, I was, I was streaming it, so I couldn't beat it on stream anyways. Um, well, I mean, the, the game just tells you, like, as you're about to win, like, hey, don't stream this. Yeah. So, like, it, it would have given um, you the chance to just turn off your stream to do that. Mm-hmm. I know. But, uh, that's not what we were there for. Um, no, I got pretty far, and then I purposefully jumped back down just to show, like, what happens normally in the game. <laughs> Where you get really high, and then you just go over this little, and then you're at the beginning. Wow. Um... So yeah, it's it's it was given to me to be frustrating, but one, I was actually pretty good at with it, uh, and two, it's not designed for me. By which I mean, like the game itself is is the sort of game that I would play, but that's not the reason for the game. Like this this is the game that I could sit down and then just like play for a bit and beat it. Yeah, and I'd have fun the whole time. Whereas that's not the purpose of this game. The purpose is to just infuriate people who aren't getting past a section or, you know, it's it's for streamers as well so that they can, you know, rage at the game like um, Markiplier did and stuff. Right. And that's not that's not my approach to the games in general is just it. it it's a challenge to me. So I'm going to treat it like a challenge and solve it. <laughs> Right, we're not ragey, screamy gamers. No. I mean, I can be, but it's usually just camp. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Pillars of Eternity, or...? Um, sure. I mean, it's the one that I put the most time into, so... No. Um, last time we left off with Pillars of Eternity... I don't remember what we did, actually, last time. Um... But yeah. now, uh, um, the the bad evil lord that was reigning over Gilded Vale and like murdering everybody, um, I killed him. I I stormed his castle and I killed his animancer who was um, like torturing people and. Uh, what the heck is an animancer? Um, it, it's a it's one of the weird like specific to this universe kind of things. Um, Animancers deal with souls because souls in Pillars of Eternity are confirmed to exist, and magic dealing with souls um, is like a, a burgeoning um, research kind of thing. Okay. Um, and animancers um, specialize in that. So, like, like she's been she's been trying to find a cure to the uh, the hollowborn plague, which is where children are born without souls in this forest. Ah, yeah. Um, and in doing That's not so, cool. yeah, in, in doing so, she was also doing like really horrific shit, like torturing people and and, and bringing them back from the dead and shit like that. <laughs> so I killed her, and then I killed. I killed Roderick, who had, who was the lord of the the town. Um, he had his wife had just given birth, but the the child was hollowborn, so he killed the child and then also her because he blamed her for, you know, giving uh, birth yes. to a hollowborn kid. Um, there are definitely no uh, parallels in 
uh, our culture. Nope, definitely not. We don't blame women for everything that goes wrong. We definitely don't do that. Uh, God. Um, let's see. And then once I killed him, his cousin Kolsch, who was the one who... Like, he didn't tell me he was his cousin when he first put me on this, like, path, but Kolsch was the one who told me, or asked me to, like, go kill Roderick. Um, and, and it turns out he was his cousin and would inherit the castle once Roderick was dead. And it, he's pretty open with you about, like, like, yeah, I just really wanted to be on the throne, but also Roderick was a piece of shit, so it's kind of a win-win, you know? Hmm. <laughs> Like, it, yeah. it definitely does make things better to kill Roderick, but also Kolsch is kind of a sleazy scumbag. Yeah. It's like, I don't feel good about you now becoming king, but I'm okay with killing him. Right, it, it's that kind of a thing. Um, and after that was over, there was nothing really left for me to do in Gilded Vale right now, so I went off in, in search of finishing the main story. Um, which takes me to the fortress of Kadnua, which later, once I clear this out, is going to be, like, the base of the game, like, the hub. Um. Okay. But mm. I, I've only just started- This is your Baldur's Gate. Yes, this is the Baldur's Gate. Um. And, like, I've just started clearing it out, but there's already some interesting things happening. Like, there's a throne in Kadnua, but the... It's interesting because the throne can talk to you. The architect of the fortress of Kadnua is inhabiting the throne. Um, like, she wanted to watch over the, the castle that she built for the rest of eternity. And so she had, like, the first earl of the castle put her in there as her, like, yeah. dying wish. Um... Okay. And there's a there's another watcher here. Watchers are people who have like like a complete soul because as people die and get reincarnated and die and get reincarnated, like it, pieces of their soul fall away and, and then they pick up pieces of other people's souls as as time goes on and stuff. But watchers have like the same soul that they were created with. So that it's much ah. easier for them to see into other people's souls <laughs> and also for them to remember their past lives. Okay. Yeah, so there's yeah, a... There's, I mean, they're actually the same soul as when they were in the past life, not lost bits of it or picked up bits of other things. Right. So th we've come here in search of this guy who's an older watcher who might be able to teach me more about what being a watcher means. Ah, because you also have your whole soul? Yes, like we at the beginning of the game you awaken to your watcher powers. Okay. Yeah. Um and that's, that's cool. about as far as I got. I haven't fully explored the castle yet. But uh, things are looking interesting. Okay. Yeah. And that brings us to Game Facts! And my voice cracked. Shit. It did. <laughs> this week we're talking... 
This week we're bringing up Bo Jackson Baseball. Bo Jackson. Um, Bo Jackson Baseball was developed by Scott Orr and Denny Thorley at Beam Software for the NES, Amiga, and DOS. That's an that's an interesting group of consoles to be all on. Yeah, I thought so as well. Like it just like NES makes sense, DOS makes sense, the Commodore Amiga, I mean I guess it was somewhat popular. But usually most games, if they came out on the NES, they were like, we don't need to be on anything else. Like, why bother? A lot of the times, yeah. But I guess this this was really early, so... Mmm, I see. Um, uh, for, yeah. for clarity's sake, this is not Beam, B-E-M-E, the Casey Neistat multimedia company that was sold to CNN and shut down in less than two years, or Beam, B-E-A-M, the relatively short-lived competitor to Twitch that was sold to Microsoft and called Mixer for three of its four years, but rather the company now known as Chrome Studios Melbourne, which a long time ago released a ton of well-known games and then didn't and died. Thank you for pronouncing that correctly. Dang. Melbourne? I'm proud of you. Most Yeah, most people don't know how to pronounce it. Oh, for a very no, long time, no. I did not know. Um, yeah. But it, it's... I'm going to go to Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to um, podcasts about politics and shit, uh, uh, Melbourne has come up, and I've learned how to pronounce it. Makes sense. Yep. In Bojacks and Baseball, you typically play against either a friend or the computer in an exhibition or playoff game of baseball, although you can just sit back and let the computer play versus itself. I simultaneously love when that's an option. When when it's just like, alright, so I can choose whether this character is a player character or a computer, and I can do the exact same thing to the other. <laughs> there's nothing stopping me from just putting both of them to computer right although uh, going back to our second fact back there um i thought mixer was still around nope gone it's gone yeah it's dead yeah because i thought like i, I thought yeah. ninja was on mixer he was and then they closed mixer wow so even he uh, couldn't keep it afloat huh pretty sure yeah I might be wrong. You might be no, wrong? No, ceased operations as of July 22nd, 2020. Okay, so it is dead. Yeah. Okay. I was pretty sure it was gone. And I didn't even know Casey Neistat had a multimedia company. Yeah. It was a big deal for five minutes. Five. <laughs> he had his five minutes of fame, and then he was like, I'm going to release a multimedia company, and... It was not a terrible idea, but uh, it died. I mean, Casey Neistat is still famous. Like, he's still a yeah. thing. I I couldn't tell you what I he's famous haven't... for. I know his name. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's he's famous. I just haven't heard him in the news for uh, a while. Right. Like, I'm sure he still gets like millions of views on videos or whatever the fuck he does. Yeah. Uh, the game is notable for the time and being able to steal bases, and with costs for this cartridge reaching almost $4,500, it seems like it would take a steal to play it. If it wasn't also on... Should I really be saying this? Archimedes. <laughs> I don't I don't feel comfortable supporting a pirating website. 
it's not necessarily a pirating website. My myabandonware.com only puts things up there that don't have an active license. Okay. I'll accept that then. Typically. If it wasn't Typically. also on myabandonware.com for free download, considering the rights to the game are kind of up in the air. Technically. Technically? They're Allegedly. Ki- they're kind of up in the air? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's... So, Beam is gone. Right. Um, the uh, Chrome Studios Melbourne is gone. Um, and they weren't, like, acquired by something? They just went under? Th- so, here's the thing. So, Beam became Melbourne House, which became Infogrames Melbourne House per- uh, Limited, which was then Chrome Studios Melbourne. And uh, now it's owned by just Chrome Studios, but they don't release anything, really. Um, oh, they, they released Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. Okay. So I don't know what that that's, means that's for me. The, <laughs> that's, the, that's the history of Beam, and then if you've got the publisher, like, they're gone. Right. Uh, and, like, both, and it was published in two different places, and... Three different uh, places. Yeah. Oh, also, the developers were Beam Software, as well as Acme Interactive and Cinemaware, none of which exist. Um, <laughs> so. God, these old so, games, yeah. like, how many companies still exist from back then? Is it, like, Square Enix and Nintendo, and that's it? It Kinda, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess technically konami but we don't like to talk about them they don't make anything anymore so what does it matter make anything anymore so yeah like and i guess the the other issue with this is that it's just it hasn't been released since its initial release right so it's it's not like you're gonna get money off like the the devs are are one dead well i guess (laughs) Technically not. Scott Orr and Denny Thorley are still alive. Right, the people like, are still alive. <laughs> but, but the company but the, is the dead. The company's gone. You're you're not getting nobody's getting money from it, and like nobody's losing money, I guess, is what I should say. Right. Nobody's releasing this game like currently, and then people are going to my abandonware and being like, I'm just gonna get it for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Okay. Move on. <laughs> Bo Jackson is actually the only real character in the game, and is actually hidden, with all the other players being made up. And instead of teams, it just gives you cities. However, it came with a cheat code that would allow you to make an all-Bo team. So Bo Jackson is a real person, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's what you mean by saying the only real character. Like... Yes. He's he's the only real name in the game all the other ones are like smith thomerson and stuff like that right so i don't know much about baseball is bo jackson a famous baseball player keep going keep going (laughs) (laughs) this is not the only game to feature bo jackson as he also had bo jackson's hit and run on game um yeah, I know. What a terrible name for a game. But I get it, like, 
if if you slap a baseball <laughs> flying out into the the you know home run, I mean, it makes sense contextually. I get it. You hit the baseball and then you run for the bases. It is a hit and run, but uh, it is. But <laughs> the context of that that phrase is. It makes it sound like Bo Jackson Chang- is running people over in the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was also featured in multiple other games, including ESPN NFL Football, NFL Street 2, Madden 15, 16, and... T- he, went to, he went to football? <laughs> no. Actually, he did not go to football. What? He went to baseball. Wait, he was... He was a football player who went to baseball, Michael Jordan style? We'll get to that. Keep going. (laughs) In addition to the lesser games he was in, he was, of course, most famous as the uncatchable runner in Tecmo Bowl, the legacy of which continues today with Kia ads and Family Guy segments revolving around his ability to grab the ball and run circles around everyone else. I understand what's happening now. He was like... He's a super famous NFL player who was like legendary for running like long periods and like scoring touchdowns on like 90 yard runs or something, right? Yeah. 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 Uh in in Tech Mobile, it it is broken to play as the Raiders, which was the the team Bo Jackson was on. Right. Uh because as Bo Jackson, you can pick up the ball, uh run to the um end zone turn around run back to your end zone <laughs> run around inside of your end zone for a bit and then run back and and score wow like you can you can run out the clock just by having bo jackson grab the ball and they did this on purpose i don't know I, it's, <laughs> it's just the way the game is Tecmo Bowl is forever old so yeah <laughs> you'll never know um, quick aside, Bo Jackson is unique in that when he left his sport, he was actually good at others, being the only professional athlete to be named an all-star in both baseball and football. Looking at you, Michael Jordan, and your minor league baseball and golf careers, I didn't know he had a golf career. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> oh. You know what? I love Michael yep. Jordan. He's great. Yeah. He's an all-star in baseball also? Yeah, no, he he was legitimately good at both sports he did. What the fuck? It's incredible. This is cheating. Like, and it it is, like, he is unique in that. He is the only professional athlete to be an all-star in both baseball and football. Wow. You know what? Bo Jackson, I, I, I like you now. I've never heard of you before, and I like you now. I hope you're not a shithead. A big name. He, he'd be a big name to be a shithead, too. Uh, score, yeah. Scott Orr went on to make dozens more sports games, eventually working for EA Sports. It's in the game. Why is that crossed out? I didn't know if you wanted to put it... <laughs> But, I mean, it's kind of necessary. I mean, you say EA Sports. It's in the game. And then you have to. I just don't understand what that means. EA Sports. It's in the game. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Did you not? 
Did you? I didn't get it. All right. <laughs> I can't believe you. You know well, what? You have to leave that in. Th- this is a push because I I pronounced Melbourne correctly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and supervising six of their largest series before topping out at VP and quitting to make his own company, Sorrent, which wait for it made sports games, but for mobile. So he just likes making sports games. He's just he's yeah, just he's, here he's, to make. He's sports. just a sport head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you can expect, phone sports games didn't do amazingly well, and so they merged with Macrospace. He got pushed out and then created a new company, now called D2C Games, which released two trash games in 2008 and nothing else. So, Scott Orr's yep. career is dead in the water. Goodbye, Scott Orr. Correct. Which is weird, because, like, he was a vice president at EA. Sports. Um, and It's in the game. Yeah, well, which is, it's it's EA, yeah. Um, and, and, and now he, he does little contract work for people and stuff because, because his phone, (sighs) his mobile sports games died. Okay. Uh, just to show how the trash hole Scott Orr got into. What? Yeah, Yeah, that's. I'll, I'll talk to Archimedes. Uh, <laughs> I think that's supposed to say how trash the hole is that oh, okay. Scott Orr got into. <laughs> Sorrent and Ma- Macrospace merged to become Glue Mobile. <laughs> why is that funny to me? <laughs> I, yeah, I have no idea why it's, it's, it's such a dumb name. <laughs> Glue Mobile. <laughs> Which is the company that Alter... But what? At later, later, later. <laughs> later. Bought games. Archimedes really dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> he he really did. <laughs> later, bought GameSpy and immediately shut down all of its servers for older games, including the good Star Wars Battlefront games and Neverwinter Nights. It then got bought by EA. EA. It's the circle of life. Yep. And it moves. But also, us what a all. shitty company. <laughs> right. Like, seriously, like, I remember when, when GameSpy shut down all of its servers, and it was like, hey, we've got all these, you know, people having fun, enjoying each other, you know, still keeping these communities alive. <clears throat> shut it down. Right. And, the, like, they didn't release any of the, um,. Server software, so you couldn't make your own server or anything. Oh, that's fucked really, up. Really shitty company. Yeah. Damn. Some of the servers have have gone back up uh, from people who have have like reverse engineered the servers, but most of them are just gone forever. And then it got bought by EA, and like all like subsidiaries of EA, it's probably been completely shut down now. So. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, they, they only bought them... Glue Mobile didn't actually produce any games, from what I can tell. They just owned a lot of games. Right. So, like, they, they bought Sorrent and Macrospace so that they could have access to their libraries of games and get paid for other people's work. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Just the yep. leeches of, of society. Yep. Denny Thorley went a different route and formed FASA Studio and created the, not FAFSA, FASA. 
and created, <coughs> created the Battletech tie-in games of Mech Assault, Mech Warrior, Mech Command, <laughs> and more. I'm guessing more Mech games. Then he, then he made Day One Studios, which kept making Met games with FASA until it renamed to Wargaming Chicago Baltimore, which only makes one game: World of Tanks. <laughs> Optional joke. Now for a word from our sponsor, <laughs> World of Tanks. Why you say optional joke? Because it was funnier that way. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, actually, Mech Assault, Mech Warrior, etc. are are really fun games, and I'm pretty sure it's Phaza Studio. But, oh, okay. You know, but yeah, like the the Mech Assault and Mech Warrior games are are genuinely fun. Okay, I've never heard of them, but I'll believe you. Okay, I mean they're not exactly your type of game, so. right? And I know World of Tanks is still going on, so. <laughs> yep. I guess he's still making money. Hey, Wargaming Chicago, Chicago, Baltimore, if you uh, want to sponsor us, I've never played any of your games. I'm not sure I would I accept a, a sponsorship from World of yeah. Tanks. <laughs> yeah. Back to Bo Jackson. Maybe if you named a tank after me. If you name a tank after me, then I'll 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 accept it. Oh, yeah, if you name a tank the Wombat, like I'm on it. Oh, dang, yeah, that, that's a better name than, than naming it after me. Do it. Yeah. We dare you. <laughs> Back to Bo Jackson, he was featured in the hit Saturday morning cartoon, Pro Stars, which featured Wayne Gretzky and Michael Jordan as well, wherein they fight crime, help children, and protect the environment. Oh, also, he fought against the baseball card king alongside Kevin. God damn it, that's a captain head. <laughs> damn straight it is. Every time. Every time, Bo Jackson it was isn't in Captain every time. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, uh, I want to point out the fact that Bo Jackson was in Captain N, not from the game, but as the um, real person, Bo Jackson. N- not, 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 not from Tech Mobile, which was the game that was known and is still known, but rather from Bo Jackson Baseball. Oh, he's specifically the Bo Jackson from Bo Jackson Baseball? Yes. What? <laughs> what is happening? I have no idea. <laughs> and that concludes Game Facts. Yeah! Do you need to take care of your now dog, John? There's no taking care of the dog. I just... My hands are so full right now. (laughs) I see. Okay. Then I guess we'll just hop into it. John, do you want to introduce us to your favorite series ever? Hi. uh, This isn't my favorite series. I've just seen everything from it, read everything from it, and uh, went to the movie in person. Wait, have you already read all the books? No, I, I haven't. I see. Yet. (laughs) <laughs> if this if this uh podcast goes for long enough we might eventually get there we will because <laughs> i have faith in us i have faith in our ability to uh get through what's it gonna be there's like 10 books or something like there's that. there's more than that no th- i think there's 12 
think there's there's twelve. Is isn't that books. just in the in the original series, and then it hits like progressive, and there's a bunch of books in that? Oh yeah, I guess I should watch progress or read progressive and watch progressive. Mm. I haven't watched progressive because um, it's not sorted out online. No, I, I don't know anything about progressive. Uh except that it exists. Yeah. It yeah. That's basically all you okay. need to know. Uh, like, I know more about Sword Art Online Alternative, because that was fun. Okay. Uh, but yeah, basically, we're doing Sword Art Online. Yep, the first uh, book. The first book, which covers the majority of the story of the Aincrad arc. It's the main story of Aincrad. It's all of the main story. Yeah. Except for weirdly yeah. not including Yui. Yui is not present, Yui is not mentioned, which is just so weird considering how important Yui is, at least to the fairy dance arc, which I did see most of. Yeah. So, you you have to watch, or you have to read the next book, which is all side stories, in order to understand book three. E- even though, like, one of those characters is already dead, um, and two of them really don't matter. <laughs> Yeah. Ever to anything? Hey, they, they, no, they show they show up again oh, in things. Sure, they show up the same way Klein and Aggle show up <laughs> as part of the group that looks on in jealousy at Kirito and Asuna's perfect relationship, wishing that they could date either Kirito or Asuna. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. Although you know what. That's something that this book... Well, we'll get to it. Right. But, yeah, that's that's pushed a whole lot further in this one. Yeah, I have things to say about the, this book. The double-sidedness of the, the harem. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's, let's get into it. I'm going to start my recap. Again, as always, you can interject whenever necessary. Okay. I'd like to start by saying that as many harsh things as might be said today about this book, I still think Reiki Kawahara is deserving of respect, definitely more so than the author of our last book. Reading Sword Art Online, it is obvious that even if he isn't necessarily good at his, at his chosen field, he loves doing it, and I would never take that away from him. <clears throat> that was a written part of the recap because I just wanted to make sure to say that ahead of time. I think Reiki Kawahara uh, one... genuinely loves putting pen to paper and writing his stories. I I agree. And and I will add one more thing. Uh, Sword Art Online is, at least from what the afterword says, Reiki Kawahara's first book. Yes, he wrote this initially back also... in 2002. Yeah. And he couldn't get it published he, he tried to get in in a uh, tournament or, or paper or something but and he overwrote it, was too it. Long yeah. to fit the yeah he overwrote it which you can read um and <laughs> and and it 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 wouldn't go so he didn't send it in and, and it just kind of lived on a website and he wrote it until like um, I, i'm guessing like, the other book that did get published was excel world Probably, yeah. Uh, that that sounds like what it would be. And, and then once Excel World got picked up, he showed it to his publisher. Uh, he showed Sword Art Online to his publisher, and they were like, "Well, we'll just publish this too." Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> not only is is 
just Reki Kawahara himself deserving of respect, just take the book with a grain of salt, considering it's his first. That being said, he has had... By the time this current version of it exists, I think he had about, like, eight years or so to um, really refine it. Like, in its web yeah, novel but, uh, state. he didn't... Yeah, he wasn't doing a refining in the web novel. He, like, he posted it as a web novel and then went on to write more. Yeah, I'm saying that, like, eight so years later I, when they published the book, like, he did have the chance to, like, rewrite parts of it. So this is an updated yeah. version of that 2002 novel. Yeah, but I feel like he had to... Like, he definitely yes, had to work within the constraints of, like, what he'd written post that. Yes, and and I'd say, like, he couldn't do too much rewriting on the story itself. Like, he can fix some things, but I don't think he could change a whole lot because it's an established story. He's, he's posting an established story. He can go through and fix some things, but, like, if you fix too much, it's not Sword Art Online anymore. Right. So. So, all that, like, take this as a grain of salt, and this is no disrespect to Reiki Kawahara, who I think does really love the job that he does <laughs> that being said the story of sword art online starts with a game Ten thousand people have logged into the first vr mmo virtual reality multi play massively multiplayer <laughs> online game game and they they keep actually they keep saying it's the first VR MMO, but it's the first VR VR MMO RPG because other MMOs have existed up to this point. I think. No, uh, they uh, other MMOs existed. This is the first VR MMO. There were other VR games, but they were like VR tabletop. Oh, I see. Sim and yeah, VR chess and stuff like that. Uh, I guess I misunderstood because there, that. There's. Yeah, there was no game or no company large enough to make, you know, do the necessary work to make an MMO in VR. Okay. Um, 9,000 of these players are logging in for the very first time. The hero of our story is not one of these 9,000. His name is Kirito, and he was one of the 1,000 people selected for the beta test of the game. Um, so... This is the first part where I had, like, a real problem with the the sense of the story. Because they, they say that yeah. 100,000 people wanted to take part in the beta test. And only, uh, mm -hmm. only 1,000 of them got selected, which, fine, it's a beta test, right? Like, whatever. Yeah. But the fact that only uh, they only sold 10,000 copies of the game at all... When a hundred thousand people were clamoring to be a part of the the beta, uh, it's so, it's not believable. Like it it is, and here's here's why. Uh, one, it specifically states that these are the um, this is the initial ten thousand. More releases are coming soon. There, this is just the ones that came out first. Second of all, servers. <laughs> You have to have the servers for the number of people, and paying for servers is very, very costly. So, you sell 10,000, they all buy them, you get them in, you get reviews out and stuff, then you expand to more. 
and and bigger servers and stuff. I see. I can I can accept that to an extent. It's still a very small amount of people. Like, I really feel like I, any I publisher would push to be like, we can't. We have to make some money off of this because, like, this would have been an expensive development process, right? Yeah. Like, they would be looking to make some of that money back initially. Otherwise, like, Mm -hmm. why continue supporting it, right? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I understand the the argument for why, like, only 10,000 copies would be released. I just don't think that any world exists where shareholders agree to that. Or publishers agree to that. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, Kirito is currently using that prior experience to teach a new player about how to use skills. The person who had become Kirito's very first friend in this virtual world. Klein. You don't really need to know much about him, as he'll become all but irrelevant very soon. Kirito and Klein are practicing until it's time for Klein to log off and eat the pizza he's ordered, when he suddenly realizes he can't. Kirito chides him condescendingly until he looks in his own menu and realizes with a start that Klein's right. The logout button has disappeared. Shortly after this discovery, the two are teleported to the center of the game's first town, along with all the other players, where they are greeted by a menacing, hooded figure with no discernible features. He tells them that he is Kayaba Akihiko, the creator of the game, and that they are trapped in Sword Art Online until they can beat the game. If you die in the game, you die in real life. If someone tries to force you out of the game, you die. I had to put that line in there. You know I had to. I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. Um, also, uh, but yeah. in regards to Kayaba Akihiko, it's weirdly mentioned that, like, he's he not only designed this, or created this game, but he also designed the Nerve Gear, which is the um, piece of equipment they use to access the game. Yes. And I guess the the way they explain that he's able to do both of these things is that he's both a game designer and a quantum physicist. <laughs> yes. Which does which, not make sense. <laughs> at, at this point, uh, talking about VR MMOs, the only way you'd really be able to do this is if you're using quantum computing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, it's, it's really just unfeasible to even consider... VR MMOs unless you have quantum computing and uh, it's not that surprising I mean a lot of quantum engineers do become computer scientists or have the same knowledge because oh no I'm fine with a quantum physicist also being a game designer I am not fine with a quantum physicist also creating the nerve gear and the game because the nerve gear like is a very scientific kind of thing. Like it taps into the the nervous system and stops signals being sent to the brain. Yeah. Um, or rather, stops signals from the brain being sent to the rest of the body. Uh, like that's something that you would need like a doctor to work on. Like like a, a medical yeah. doctor, not a not a quantum physicist. That's that's my gripe with that. Like it it doesn't fully explain how he also created the nerve gear. <laughs> um, he then makes everybody look like their real selves in a bit of technology magic and leaves them to fend for themselves. In the ensuing chaos, Kirito asks Klein to come with him to a place they could power level, but Klein declines. 
Klein declines. Klein declines. Did you? Klein declines. <laughs> I just on purpose. No, that was an accident. <laughs> I didn't right. say that out loud until just now. Klein declines. We have a title for the podcast. <laughs> Klein declines. Week twenty one. <laughs> Klein declines. <laughs> He has a whole group of friends who started playing with him, and he wants to look after them. Kirito chooses to run off by himself at that point, and he would remain a solo player for most of the next two years. <sighs> two years later, and we meet back up with Kirito, who is leaving a dungeon but is lucky enough to run into one of the rarest enemies in the game, the Ragu Rabbit. I say it's called Ragout Rabbit. But John insists it's, it's that, pronounced that's ragu. That's so wrong. Oh gosh. Yeah, it's spelled no, like it's, ragu. It's ragu. Yes, it is spelled like ragout, but uh, as with most French words, it's not pronounced the way it looks. Ragu is a main dish stew. Did you just Google ragu? Yeah. Fuck you. I mean, I already. <laughs> I already knew what it was, but... You just wanted the, the Webster Dictionary fucking definition. Anyway. Nah, this is the Wikipedia. God, that's worse. He easily <laughs> kills it, but its value lies in its taste, so he intends to sell it through Agle, a shopkeep he's on friendly terms with. You don't really need to remember him either, though he is more present than Klein. While negotiating with Agle, Asuna comes to greet Kirito. Asuna is one of the most popular players in the game, and probably one of the strongest. I say probably because she doesn't get much of a chance to show this off. She's a beautiful young woman in a game that doesn't have many women to begin with, and she and Kirito have known each other for a long time. Coincidentally, she also has a maxed out cooking skill, meaning that Kirito doesn't have to sell his rabbit, he can just ask her to cook it for him. She invites him to her house, and they share the meal together. Point! So, you make a point that Kirito and she have known each other for a long time, which is true because they have been fighting together and stuff. And uh, Kirito makes a statement when she, uh, she invites him to her house, or, or at least it's a, it's a thought of, I've never really spent much time I know what you're talking about. This will be interesting. And yet, in both the anime and then later in the book... The uh, it points out that they did in fact spend some time together. He was a uh, he he passed out tired and and you know wanted to to take a nap on the prettiest day in the prettiest season with the prettiest weather. Blah 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 blah. Uh, and she ch chastised him for it because you know she was trying to beat the game and he's just dawdling over here. And uh, he suggests that she. Uh, you know, take a break and enjoy the, the weather while you're here, live your life, etc. Uh, and so they do. She takes a nap. Right, but earlier in, the, earlier in the book, it is explicitly stated by Kirito that he hasn't really seen her much outside of boss meetings. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's very contradictory. Uh-huh. We can talk more about that afterwards. <laughs> Now, during that meeting with Asuna in the shop, Kirito had also gotten on the bad side of one of her guards, a creepy-ass motherfucker named Kuradil. And the next day, Kuradil challenges Kirito to a duel, for reasons. Kirito wins, Kuradil loses, Asuna does nothing but file a complaint with her guild leader, Heathcliff. Kirito and Asuna decide to party up for a few days and explore the 74th floor labyrinth. 
In doing so, they happen across the boss lair, inhabited by a giant Satan-like creature wielding a great sword. They run back to a safe area, where they meet up with Klein's party, and Klein teases Kirito a bit about being with a girl. Shortly afterwards, an elite troop from the army appears. The army is built up a lot in this book until this appearance, after which they will almost never be mentioned again. Their group of twelve is already very weary from their march through the dungeon, but their leader Korvats pushes them onto the boss room, using map details he gets from Kirito. Kirito, Asuna, and Klein are worried about the army and follow after them, only to find them in the boss room, too short and not doing well. It turns out teleport crystals don't work in this room, meaning those two are dead, and Korvats himself dies as soon as they enter the room. Asuna leaps to their aid, and Kirito follows closely behind, and in fighting the monster, Kirito both nearly dies and reveals a unique skill, skill he had kept hidden. Dual Blades. Following this tragic boss fight, news of Kirito's dual blades travels far and wide, and when Asuna requests time off from her guild, Heathcliff insists on dueling Kirito. If Kirito wins, he and Asuna can party as much as they want. If Kirito loses, he has to join Heathcliff's guild. Kirito accepts the duel, even with the knowledge that Heathcliff has the only other known unique skill, Holy Sword, an ability which is very vaguely defined. Kirito loses this duel at the last moment because Heathcliff pulls off an impossible move, and Kirito joins the guild. His first task is to travel through a dungeon with Godfrey, one of the sub-leaders, a random redshirt, and Curadil, who is acting strangely apologetic. Once they're out in the field, they take a rest and drink some water, but they learn a, too little, uh, a little too late that Curadil has poisoned it, paralyzing the group. He kills Godfrey in the red shirt and starts to torture Kirito, when suddenly Asuna shows up. She beats Curadil almost to death, but hesitates at the last moment, and just as Curadil is about to attack her, Kirito overcomes his paralysis and kills Curadil. Yep. Jesus, so much. It, this is frying my brain. So much happens, and yet, it, reading the book, it felt like nothing was happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, 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 quick aside, I did go and look up because I was curious um, about the other things that aren't included in this and won't be included in the next book either. Because the, the next book only covers the main four other characters that aren't in this. Uh, the Yui, Sachi, Lizbeth, and girls, Silica. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one dead, two alive, and one imaginary. And and I was wondering about like all the other bits of it. Like, there was the first floor battle for the boss. Right, not um, mentioned in this book at all. Also, also Correct. would contradict everything about Kirito and Asuna's relationship because they did know each other back then too. Well, that's what I'm learning. <laughs> so apparently, apparently that none of this. I'm, I'm assuming nothing was anime only. Uh, that's that's what I'm learning. I can't, you know, confirm it for sure, but nothing was anime only from what I can see, because the. Uh, Sword Art Online progressive um, light novel series goes floor by floor through the Einkard arc or Einkrad. Is arc. that what it does? Yes. So, like, Volume One covers the first and second floor. Volume Two covers the third floor, um, and the the whole way through, from what I can tell. 
is Kirito and Asuna teamed up together working through this? In direct contradiction to this entire book. Yeah. <laughs> like, here, I, I, this, this is like, I, I'm on the Sword Art Online wiki and I'm looking at volume two and it's like, part one, uh, after entering the third floor, Asuna enchantedly marveled at their surroundings, vast forest of gigantic trees, while Kirito mis- messaged Argo about the clearing of the second floor and the opening of the third floor within the hour. He then asked Asuna if she like, they're walking around together. together. Not at a boss Kirito, meeting. Kirito, sensing a change in the air, warned Asuna of the design and didn't deniz- blah. Like, <laughs> it's, they're just together constantly. What the fuck? You can't do this. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair, like, Sword on Online is Kirito and Asuna. Yes. Like, that's that's what it I is. I mean, it's really and Kirito. So, it's really Kirito, but, like, uh, a hopefully progressive, you know, makes Asuna not a side character. Right. <laughs> um, But at least in the Sword on Online that I have watched and read... It's Kirito, and it's also a lot Kirito and Asuna, and that's the point of it. So it would be really weird to go back and write through the stuff, which, that's what everyone, like, I, now, knowing about Progressive, I want to go out and buy the whole series so I can read through it, um, which we'll get to, eventually. Ha. Maybe. Um. (laughs) Assuming we live long enough. (laughs) True. <laughs> uh, um, but the uh, I I can't imagine reading through Sword Art Online or watching through it, and it's just one or the other. Cause that that just seems really really boring. Yeah. No, I mean the the the, ar- the argument here is that either progressives should not exist or. Or it should be all about Kirito and Asuna together. Yeah. But Kirito and Asuna being together directly contradicts the first book of Sword Art Online. I'm okay with it. (laughs) I mean, the first book is... Okay. Uh, So, uh... uh, Yeah. We're we're about halfway through my uh, recap, and I'm going to... I was going to save this for after, but we're talking about it right now. Um... This book is all about the romance. Oh yeah, the the very the, the, the very like, poor romance between Kirito and Asuna that like crops up over the course of like a day. Um, like this this book is all about that. Um, it is not really interested in telling the story about a game that kills people. That is a backdrop oh, yeah, no. for the romance. I mean, like, the first three chapters are, I guess, chapter one is really, uh, like, hey, this is an introduction to the game. And then chapters two and three are the first day in the game. And then chapter four is kind of just a a recap of where we are. It's a time skip giving stats about, like, oh, 2,000 people died in the first month, and, like, this is what happened. Here's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, here's where, like, you know, people, guilds have been made, there's now the army in the first floor, and, uh, 
And then chapter five begins the romance. And then uh, out of the 25 chapters, so, like... <laughs> 20 chapters really, are really just about Kirito and Asuna falling in love. 21. 21 chapters are about Asuna and Kirito falling in love. Yeah. So, more than four-fifths. Yeah. It is not interested in in Sword Art Online, the game. Yeah. <laughs> 15% of it is not uh, <laughs> the romance. Okay. Where was I? Asuna and Kirito then take leave from the guild. Okay. Asuna and Kirito then take leave from the guild, citing an inability to trust I just the said members. That. <laughs> citing an inability to trust the members, making the last several plot events pointless. The two get married and have a honeymoon down on a peaceful lower floor, where they have some fishing shenanigans until they're called back to the front lines to deal with the 75th floor boss. So I was really surprised to learn that the fishing shit was not anime original. I was like, (laughs) there's no way they stopped the plot completely so that Kirito could go fishing. But the- It's an important- It isn't. It is not- (laughs) It's it's so important. Ugh. Uh, I think they're actually going to clear the seventy sixth floor. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the seventy fifth because like they haven't they I, haven't beaten another boss. No, it's it's very explicitly made clear that it's the seventy fifth because they mentioned that the twenty fifth and fiftieth floors both marked like very severe. You're right. You're yeah, right. like differences in how the game had to be played from that point on, and they're they're noticing yeah. that the seventy fifth floor also does that. Yeah, I think Recky made a mistake then because they were gone for ten days, and during that time they were getting messages from other friends telling them about how they had uh, struggled beating that, like beating the boss or whatever. It 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 made it sound like that they had cleared a floor. And, and you say, like, ten days? Well, that's, you know, that's not enough time. They said on average, early on, that they're they're clearing a floor every ten days. Like, it took them a month to clear the first floor, but then they, they started moving at a p- pace of, like, a week and a half, two weeks for a floor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, early on, it was, like, one day for some of them. Yeah. Like, uh, I just learned, because apparently, in the thing I was reading to you from Progressive, they cleared that floor in, like, one day. <laughs> Which floor? I think floor two. Floor two? Yeah, I mean, they mentioned also yeah. that the, the floor they're on on their honeymoon, like, the the big lake floor, like, it, it really has no mm-hmm. monsters or anything, so they, like, bre- they breezed through that floor and just kind of forgot about it. Yeah. So, it, it differs, but it seems to be, like, an average of a week and a half, two weeks. So, some of them probably really short, some of them take a while. Yeah. So, it was, like, 14 days, 15 days, I'd say. Because they, they were on their honeymoon for 10 days, and they had had multiple days before then. Because they beat the boss, and then they had multiple days of, like, fighting Heathcliff, and the whole Kura deal thing, and getting married all the plot points that didn't matter yeah (laughs) so i'm 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 saying like two weeks plus yeah 
to get to the boss. I mean, that does make whatever. that does make sense because it is a harder boss, so that it, maybe the floor was harder. Also, maybe, yeah. maybe. Again, they I'm weren't just saying that. Ricky, Ricky did a little bit of a, a bad job because it sounded like they had beaten the floor, right? And that they were waiting for them for the next. No, floor. I get that, but it is it is explicitly the seventy fifth floor boss. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I remember now. Um, they meet up with 30 other people, including Heathcliff, Klein, and Aggle, and storm the boss lair. Unfortunately, teleport crystals don't work in the room, it locks them inside, and the boss can kill high-level players with a single direct hit. Kirito and Asuna keep one scythe arm of the boss busy, Heathcliff deals with the other, and the remaining players deal damage as best they can. After an hour, they beat it, but have lost 12 people, and Kirito has suspicions. Heathcliff's health bar has never been seen to go below 50%, and he's pretty close to that right now. Kirito surprise attacks him and is met with the message Immortal Object, designating Heathcliff as a GM. Only one of those should exist at this point. Kayaba Akihiko, the creator of the game. He reveals himself at this point, saying that he is the final boss of the game. He paralyzes everyone in the room but Kirito, and tells Kirito that if he beats him, the game will end. The two duel, but at the last moment, Kirito chokes and tries to rely on one of his dual blade skills. Heathcliff is about to take advantage of his opening when Asuna suddenly dashes in front of Kirito, taking the blow for him and dying. Kirito gives up and lets Heathcliff kill him, until he starts to disappear, and he gathers up the strength to kill Heathcliff as well, and the two fade together as a message rings out. The game has been cleared. Kirito and Asuna find themselves standing on a crystalline platform far above Aincrad, where they watch as the world begins to fall apart. Kayaba Akihiko joins them for a moment, where he reveals his unsatisfying reason for creating the game in the first place, and leaves the two of them as they experience the complete end of Sword Art Online, positive that as the last pixels disappear, they'll die. And it finally happens. Only Kirito wakes up, horribly weakened in a hospital bed. And he has only one goal in mind, to find Asuna. Okay, so, <laughs> I agree. Kaiba Akihiko is an incredibly unsatisfying person <laughs> in the series. In the series, because he's a monster. Yes. I mean, he's, he's definitely a monster. He is directly responsible Although, for the deaths of 4,000 plus people. Yeah. Like, directly responsible for it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's he's a monster. And his reasons are terrible. Like, he, <laughs> he's like, oh, I had a... He's like, I had a dream that one day I could be a monster. And, it's not even and that. so I decided it's to. It's not even that. He wants... He had a dream about this castle floating in the sky. And so he created a video game equivalent of it. And then forced a whole bunch of people to live on it. And that was his entire plan. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, com very, very unsatisfying person. Um, but as it goes, as, as anime and, and light novels go, I think that this is a really solid ending for the entire story. Yes! 
this is gonna be one of the things I talked about was kind of like a brainstorming <laughs> session about better ways to write this story. Um, but like, yeah, no, like the story itself can be written really, really much better, especially if you add in the things that the anime did and perhaps a little bit more. But as far as the ending goes, I, I genuinely think it's a good ending. Yeah, the whole um, thing could have ended with this book. Yeah, like this, this, this ending right here. You've you've gotten to the end. You you don't have to go and see the the final the hundredth floor. That's I mean, like it would be neat, but it's not important. Um, and like getting getting to this point, you finally find who the boss is. It's Kaiba Akihiko. You get to which makes sense. It ties things together. Ties it back in. Uh, you get a chance to fight him, and of course you lose, uh, which is you know, makes sense. Um, right. <laughs> and then and then you have a reversal of it where like Asuna jumps in there and she sacrifices herself to to save Kirito, uh, but also like that's gonna destroy Kirito, which it does. So it's a reversal of the reversal. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, in the, the typical, like, hero's last stand strength thing, they break the game so that Kirito can, you know, still kill Kaiba too. And, and like, Kaiba, it, it even mentions that, like, Kaiba sees Kirito's, like, last resolve come and kill him and, and smiles and, and accepts his fate. Which, of course, like, Yes, he's a monster, but he's also a gamer, and he realizes that this is the perfect end for the game. Like, you couldn't write a better single-player RPG ending. Like, that's it's it's just it's a it's the perfect ending to the game. And then at the end of it, they didn't even die. No. Except they think that they probably will. They think and they think that like we've died in the game, so we're gonna die. We're just giving get getting this last reprieve. And they, they say their goodbyes to each other, they, you know, they, you know, reaffirm their love for each other, and then they, they wake up. And, and that's cool in itself, it's like, oh, cool, they didn't actually die, so they are alive now, cool. And, and the ending of, like, oh, I'm gonna go find Asuna, great, that's a great ending. Right. You know, like, you've, you've just been through all this time, you've created a bond with someone, perfect, go do it. We don't need the creepy-ass fairy dance art. <laughs> no, no, like the the in between bits, meh, you could have you could have done better, but a great ending. You ended that series spot right. On. The series. So <laughs> yes. So here's here's what I was going to brainstorm. I have two different ways you could write this, um, better. The first is okay. actually like progressive. Like, now that I know Progressive exists, that's a better version of this story. Go, spend more time on this game explaining the relationship between Kirito and these other characters, especially Asuna and Klein. Like, those two really need... Or those three really need more, like, build-up between yeah. them. Um, I mean, Egil is... is um, uh, a little bit more defined, especially at the very end where you get just random exposition that Eagle is actually a, a good guy. Right. <laughs> like, like Klein, the most you get is, I'm sorry I didn't become your friend more. I'm sorry I was a piece of shit um, to you at the start. Like, 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, then, like, Agel, he's like, you know, I know you're a, a money-hungry merchant, but I also know that you've used all of your money to help outfit uh, lesser uh, able adventurers to keep them alive since the very beginning. So, <laughs> like, I appreciate everything you've done. And that's cool. That Like, that makes Agel... A really cool, really good character. Right. I mean, he basically was like, hey, here's Klein. Here's my first friend. That's it. Oh, and here's Agel. He's the character that we've brought up a couple times, and he's this merchant who, like, sells crap really expensively. Right. Uh, after buying it really cheap. Um, but also, really dope person. Like... <laughs> I mean, he's he's almost a Robin Hood type. Yeah, he is. Cause he's 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 buying he's he's ripping off the the rich and uh, giving to the poor. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like Aggle, but uh, <clears throat> in my rewriting of this, um, I don't think Aggle would play as important a part as Klein does, because, like I said, there's there's two different ways you can do this, and one is the progressive route where you spend a whole bunch of books just on the Eincrad stuff. Like a whole bunch of books yeah. on Eincrad. A whole mess of books. Or you can have, I would say, you can have two Eincrad books. The first one is this one, but Kirito dies at the end, and Klein takes up, <clears throat> like, Kirito's place. Oh, okay. Yeah, like... I'm assuming you, you mean that Asuna and Kirito die. Uh, uh... You could either have Kirito die and Asuna and Klein both try to fill in the spot, or Kirito and Asuna both die. It really doesn't matter, as long as Kirito dies, because the way this book is written, Kirito is barely a character. Um, yeah. Like, he's, he's very, like... Uh, okay, about that. About <laughs> that. I think this, this, this book actually did something better than the anime did. Okay. Which, it, it actually delved a lot further into Kirito's personal misgivings and failures as a person. But, like, also, like, his personal failures that he recognizes. Like, when he, in the anime, he, like, kind of waffles a bit when Klein uh, offers, uh, when he, Klein offers to, to have him join the clan at the very beginning. Yeah. And... And, and then he runs off. In this, that becomes, like, a huge fucking thing to Kirito. Yeah, it haunts him for I the mean, rest that, of that, his life. Like, yeah, and, and everything about it haunts him. In, in the um, anime, like, the only thing that, that comes up that really makes him have any character is the black cats brigade i think which is mentioned as backstory the, in this one guild. but they don't it's the moonlit black yes. cats moonlit black cats thank you uh which deals with the 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 small guild that he joins but doesn't tell he's a a, a beta tester and really high level and then they die which not really because of it but i kind of see how he would take that but he's got survivor guilt anyways yeah. and everyone else either is is dead right around him or commit suicide because right of it. i think that's the part that um, more influences him like he blames himself because the guild leader blamed him yeah um and and that like that definitely is is what the anime doubles down on as his 
becoming a character with actual character values and stuff. Right. Um, but, like, while that does play a part in this and that they mention it, they go through the story, they don't actually, like, show you the story, but he tells the story. The bare bones of it to um, Asuna, yeah. 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 The The story itself is in book two. Um, but, yeah, the... the <laughs> I, I think, like, really often it brings up his his not wanting to become a part of a, a, a group and, like, thinking that he's given up on that chance because at the very beginning he decided not to and like based off of his ability his choice to become a solo player he doesn't deserve to be you know like he it it goes far more into his thoughts on what he think where what where he thinks he is placed in this and i i think the light novel does a much better job of characterizing him in that i can see that because Honestly, I'd, I'd say that he is more of a real character in the book than he is in the anime. But... Th- Which, both ways, he is generic protagonist. Yeah, I was about to say, like, he's like, barely he's, he's, a character in either of them. <laughs> I I agree, but I'd, I'd say that the, the book edges it out just a little bit, and I think it's it's unfair to really say that the that it's you know, the book is better in that way because you get to directly see the thoughts of the characters, which you can't do in a visual format. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd say that, like, this did more t- for me for understanding his character and the decisions he took in, in the Aincrad arc. And than the anime even going back to that um the differences in the anime and the light novel with that that scene with klein where he declines he declines klein um like Mm -hmm. you said in the anime he waffles a bit on it in the book he does not in the book he he knows as soon as klein says that that he's going to say no and it hurts him but he 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 never even considers saying yes and yeah. that's his regret, like mm-hmm. the fact that he couldn't even bring himself to imagine doing it. Yeah, but yeah, like I just uh, if you're going to make it like such a a quick jump to the end of the game from the beginning, um, I, I feel like Kirito had to die in order to make it uh, like mean anything. Mm-hmm. I, because then you have like you follow this like decoy protagonist around and he's like the coolest guy in the game and he does all of this cool shit and he falls in love with the most beautiful girl and then he dies and then his sword is taken up by like the best friend that he neglected throughout his time there yeah yeah now i i think there there are some things that that help to boost klein which like in the anime and i'm assuming it's going to also be in the uh, right because klein is not uh, present in the books but i remember liking klein a lot in the anime yeah in in the second book he shows up again after the moonlit black cats die yes when there's a a christmas event that'll allow you to revive someone um 
and Klein actually comes and helps Kirito do that. Um, being self-sacrificing in order to do yeah. it. Because he wanted the item and then yeah. Kirito allows, you know, he, he allows Kirito to do it because of his friendship with Kirito. So, and, and actually fights off enemies to to allow him to do it. And it was a good friendship moment for Kirito, too, because when he realized that the item wouldn't work in the way that he needed it to, he does just give it to Klein in case one of his friends dies. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a good friendship moment for both of them that is not in this book. Mm -hmm. I hope that part is in the the second book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this book was rough yeah like it was because it it is so close to being a good light novel and it kind of just falls short like right at the end there well actually not right uh, yeah right at the end because the the ending like you said is really good but that almost damns the rest Mm -hmm. of the book more yeah, <laughs> I'll agree with that. Like, it shows that he uh, could have done more, but he was too focused on, like, Kirito and Asuna's relationship to uh, really, like, dig deep into it. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. It's it's weird. You, you either need less relationship and more gameplay or just really double down on the relationship. Right. Because it's like six of one and half a dozen of the other, and it's never enough. Yeah. Either yeah. way. But honestly, like, as as light novels that we've read, not the worst. No. Not even close. I don't think anything's going to be worse than The Invincible Shovel. I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I genuinely hope so. Uh, but it, it didn't come close to touching reincarnated as a vending machine. No. No. <laughs> no. It's a it's a good good middle point. Yes. I think the next one I put on my list will be SAO Progressive. Just to 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 get that. Yes, yeah, so, uh, that'd um, be allowed since I, I I didn't know before that it was it wasn't just like a new section of Sword Art Online. It's like let's cover sao but in a different way like that's that's a cool way to do that yeah all right so um what are you looking forward to for next week oof 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 you know what if i have money i might i might try and see if i can um go see the green knight Ooh, yeah. the Green Knight. Yeah. Based off of the uh, uh, Arthurian legend. About uh, Sir Gawain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Starring uh, Dev Patel. I don't know who that is. Uh, he's, a, he, he's a movie star. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep. Uh I'm going to be watching the movie Sword Art Online Progressive, Aria of a Starless Night, which I just learned exists. There's a what? And it apparently covers the... Yeah, there's a progressive movie 
which covers the first volume. It, it's adapted from the first volume of the progressive. But series. if the progressive stuff is in the anime, isn't that just covering the first two episodes of the anime? No, because the uh, progressive goes into the second floor. Oh, okay. As well. I see. Yeah. So I think it it'll probably cover some of what happened. The one that takes a single one. day. Yeah. But but I think I think it's it's gonna Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Okay. And is that out already? Oh shit, no it's not. Oh. Damn it. Damn. That's why I haven't seen it. <laughs> Because I, I had thought I had seen everything. No, October 30th. Oh, you got a while putting to that wait. on my calendar. I, I, I'm putting that on my calendar right now because I need to go see that in theaters. <laughs> uh, so what are you looking forward to this week, then? Ah, uh, shit. Because that's a while. I mean, it is a <laughs> while. No. <laughs> um, hmm, hmm. Let me see. Nope, nothing happening there. Damn. <laughs> uh, uh, looking forward to my puppy growing up more. Okay. Is that Yeah, count? sure. Puppies grow up quick in those okay. first couple of months. They do. Yeah, I remember Loot was not the puppy shape for very no. long. And, and we got her at, like, three months. Like... Uh, somewhere between two and three months i got my dog yuna uh at like six weeks they gave us uh, they they were lying and they gave us to her uh, they gave us they gave her to us too early um yeah two weeks early yeah because eight weeks is really the uh the earliest you want to get yeah they told us eight weeks but we talked to a we we took her to a vet like immediately because you know of course and they said she was like six weeks old so they just lied to us yeah but she, she since we got him in the weekend very long <laughs> yeah since we got hector very uh like on the weekend uh all the the vet the vet we go to is closed so we're going as soon as we can next week yep cuz yeah you really do want to go and make sure everything's checked out get them to to run tests on his poop important things all right, hey, uh, share this with someone who loves dogs, and um, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Uh, if if you want to see more of us, Wombat has a website, which is videogamewombat.com. He also streams on Twitch, uh, uh, Wombat Millennial. Uh, check us out on Instagram, where we're going to have pictures of little bitty Hector. Um and yeah we'll we'll see you next time bye